if you just uh, tuned in and heard that beautiful opening, that is Andre. Uh, that is all three of Apocalypse, Coven, and Murder House themes blended into one. That shit's pretty tight. That shit is tight. Thank you, guys. I had a lot of fun making it. And you whipped it up today. That's the other thing is like you just whipped it out of your brain. I was like, what? <laughs> so that was that was amazing. It's better than me trying to thank like you, thank make you. noises with my mouth. So <laughs> so awesome. Okay, cool. Um, for me, I'm just going to say it out of the gate, best American horror story season ever. I think I'm with you on that one, yeah. Yeah? What do you think? I, I think so. Ian? I, well, you haven't seen the other ones. I haven't seen the other ones. Yeah. But from the ones that I've seen, the only reason why I say it's the best is because it has the coven part of it and then the warlocks. Because you're totally about the coven. Uh, th- those bitches are rad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have to say I love the warlocks too. But for, uh, they put it all together. Um, yeah. Yeah. Ryan Murphy and the team, Brad Felchuk, all these guys, they they put all of their cumulative experience, not from just uh, AHS series franchise, but also from the assassination of Johnny Versace and Pose and the People versus O.J. Simpson and all that stuff. So... He's accumulated this amazing cast. We have Cody Fern coming in from Versace and, you know, of course, the diehards of Francis Conroy and Sarah Paulson and, and all those guys. So just they just put everybody in here. Jessica Lange showed up for a minute and like we're all like, yay. Uh, Billy Porter from Pose. Billy Porter. Yeah. John John Briones from Versace. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. He plays daddy in Versace. He's so good. So, yeah, I have a little Filipino representation yeah! on the show. Holler. Uh, I loved it. Two, I loved it. Two series of Filipino representation. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Hello. He was a bad guy in both of them. Can he be a nice guy next time? Just saying. Uh, okay. So, I loved it. Uh, I loved and, and I have a lot of the things that I love about it. What did you guys love about it? What, was this, what made it stand out for you guys? We said the Warlocks. We love um, those guys. Cody Fern. Cody Fern. New Get, addition to this cast, along with many others. Yeah. He's yeah, making he it was, into a lot of people's spank banks. So <laughs> he for me was like such a standout. Like, um, and I know he was you said I think you said he was in Versace as well. Oh yeah. He plays a yeah. huge role in Versace. I mean, if you want to see Cody Fern acting his ass off. Um, he plays the friend that Cunanan goes and like he's obsessed with Cody Fern's character based on a real guy and it's just obsessed with impressing him. But that really Andre uh, Andrew is is it Andrew? Who's Yeah. Yeah, that's the character's name, but who plays Andrew? Who oh. won the Emmy for it? Come on. Um That's not gonna come off the top of my head. No, so you guys, can you look up Assassination for Johnny Versace? Because there's so many people to remember in this this cast, mm-hmm. but he was amazing and he was fantastic in that. He was from Glee and the whole night. Blah, blah, blah. I yeah. cut you off. I don't. So. I don't. No, no, that's fine. Um, I don't know. Like when when he comes in, um, like in those first three episodes of the season, like when he comes in, like. I remember being like completely like captivated by his performance because like, I don't know, he was 
mysterious, but also like seductive and really persuasive and just like very, you can tell like very intelligent. But then once we get into the flashback of this season, now we have like, he's switching from that to being completely vulnerable and just like a lost child. And the way he's able to not only play those two extremes, but to also show the transition between those two extremes. Yeah. I thought was really well done. Are you Um, my father? (laughs) <laughs> to, to the, the goat, goat. <laughs> <laughs> it just lent itself to a meme i meant uh i meant darren chris uh who played andrew Kanan. and darren chris won the emmy if i'm not mistaken it doesn't really matter about awards but he was all amazing playing um such a reviled and complicated character so anyway yeah yeah so and of course um I love Cheyenne Jackson in this. Obviously, the Warlocks popped. B.D. Wong getting to see our homie yeah. from Mr. Robot. See, we that squealed. was so cool. When, 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 he, when I first saw B.D. Wong on it, when he just was on, up on the, on the screen, I was like, what? Right? But I have to say my fave Warlock uh, was Behold Chabli, played by Billy Porter. Same. Because, yeah. you yeah. know, I love how but we just – I clocked eight episodes today. I just went back and just started from the beginning – um, oh, to cool. sort of like because Fantastic Beast is sort of sitting in my brain and I'm still like Bohemian Rhapsody drunk and I'm like I need to go and refresh mm-hmm. so I went back and started watching it from the beginning and just watching Billy Porter just do his thing he sucks yeah. he sucks his teeth at this kid who's late for class he goes <laughs> <laughs> and like just just schools him and like talks him. and just the way he handles uh, Cheyenne's character when he gives he goes into uh what is his character? John Lee Moore, John Moore, John, John Henry. Henry Moore. He's like, you must be, you know, something, something, something stinking in my office and your nasty cancer stick. Yeah. And I was just like, this gave, <laughs> I don't know if Billy like rewrote his lines or somebody just knows him, but Lord, mm-hmm. it was like, pray tell as a witch, yeah. as a as warlock. A war, as a warlock, literally. Yeah. He was like literally bored to play a warlock. Yeah. Just reading everybody in the room. It was awesome. So It was great. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd personally just watch like four seasons of the warlocks, honestly. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just I'm wondering, I'm wondering if they're maybe thinking about doing something with they them have in future to. seasons. They need to. If I'd, we don't see these warlocks show up at some yeah. point, because, you know, we've undid it all, you know. Mm-hmm. Because of Cordelia and her her clan, her coven, like plotting it up. If it wasn't for the witches, you know, everybody be dead. Seven billion True. people still be deaderized. Yeah. And then the way that they go at each other, I mean, there's obviously history there, and that's enough for at least another season. Yeah, they got some beef, you know. Oh, totally. Some, you know, yeah. Some whole battle of the sexes thing. There needs to be a trans person in the middle of this going. Why can't we all just get along? Yeah, <laughs> I want um, there. There's a. I think it was Ariel that was talking about how the Hawthorne School used to be like a big building. It used to be there, but then they had to go underground after Cordelia like publicized the whole. So I want to see the Hawthorne School before all of that. We need a happened. prequel. We need a prequel. That's I would love we that. We need yeah. the battleground. We need to see where the beef started. Oh yeah, I mean, and we Ariel. All... Yeah, Ariel was like the. They called him like the high chancellor or something. Like yeah. I want to know how how their system works. Right. Like, I don't know. Right. Yeah. I mean, I want to see. This is like this is like gritty Hogwarts. This is like 
Hogwarts where you have sex. And why does why does the Supreme rule over the the warlocks? Shouldn't shouldn't they have their own? Because bitches be in charge, and men you know? if they're left in charge, see what happens. See, look at world history. Look what's happening right now. And I'm not talking about okay. You got Margaret Thatcher, and we got that that horsey bitch who can't dance running like England. Fuck that bitch. I'm just saying Theresa May. I'm talking about like for the most part, um, male leaders tend to fuck some shit up. Just saying. Well, there is also, Mark Zuckerberg. Well, <laughs> Mark right, Zuckerberg. Yeah. I'm very Myrtle Snow on this one. <laughs> uh, I also will play my theremin all day long to that fucking shit, y'all. Just oh my god! Yeah, listen, that was hilarious. I love that they brought the theremin back. <laughs> I, anytime there's a scene with a theremin, yeah. I literally squeal. I had this deep, deep love for the theremin. We need to get one of those. Oh my god. We need to make I want to learn how to play one. Fuck yes. I want to learn how to play one. We need, yeah. That just needs to be part of the show. We just sort of like, you know, use it. <laughs> I went to see, um, just off the sidetrack, I went to see um, the Groundlings here. And I think it's a West Side group that I went to see the Groundlings. Maybe the original group. Anyway, so I went to see the, you know, the original, the, or maybe it was Upright. No, it was Groundlings. And I go and there was a dude, honest to God, they were doing like, um, just the night of spookiness of whatever, like everything had to be around spookiness. And some dude, they have a live band that plays. It's like th- two guys shoved in a corner. And he ha- he brought out a theremin. And I literally squealed. <laughs> and everybody on stage was like, oh, we have a fan. And I'm like, I fucking love it. And the guy, he goes, this is for you. And he played Smoke on the Water on the theremin. And I, the I was making everybody laugh in the audience because I was crying and screaming and like held my lighter up. It was <laughs> that's how much I love the theremin. Yeah, but that is a good question, Ian. Why do the warlocks answer to Cordelia as their supreme? Um, I guess they. I guess that isn't separate, even though they are taught as separate schools. You know, so I don't know. Why are they question. called the Nathaniel Hawthorne? You know, school. I want to know the whole history. Of I mean, yeah, maybe Nathaniel Hawthorne was a warlock. That's that's a Salem <laughs> reference. That makes so much sense because you know he was out there like, y'all stop persecuting witches because I am one. You know, <laughs> there's something to that shit. He was in the closet. So yeah, I loved the story. I loved that our story was in the apocalypse. The 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 show just goes for big broad things. You know. We have yeah. the circus, and we have politics, and we have witches, and we have the asylum thing. And we have... I love that they just went into the world. So when they went into the world, I'm like, I'm in. Any kind yeah, of this was thing. this was the season that for me had like the biggest world building. I think uh-huh. I think next to next to that is Coven. Um, but those two seasons go hand in hand. I think what I liked so much about the season is that when this season was being marketed as the murder house and coven crossover, you know, um, I was excited, obviously, because that sounds freaking amazing. And right. I was excited to see all the witches back and everything. But I was also like, OK, well, how are we going to I hope they don't rely on the crossover element and then they're not interested in telling their own story. Um, thankfully that's not what happened. Not at all. It's not so much for me. It's not so much just like a murder house and coven crossover. It feels like to me, like a coven part two or like a murder house part two. It was like, it had a, the continuation of the coven storyline yeah with the ba- with the basis of the season's arc originating in the murder house so then like rather than opting to go for a cheap crossover the writers room like really took the time 
to not only continue the story of the coven, but to continue the, to develop the characters we know and love, like Cordelia, um, who who I loved the the arc she had about her being afraid of being her mother, and that's hinted at a couple of episodes over over the the flashback arc, um, and even like Madison who had like a little arc of her own, like and right? she wasn't completely insufferable this season. Like no, she, they redeemed Madison. I want to talk about those yeah. moments too, but with, go back to what you said that that overall kind of thing. Like that's it exactly. That's exactly. It wasn't a cheap crossover. It did feel like an extension of both series. Obviously, I think a little bit more obviously Coven than Murder yeah. House. Mm-hmm. Uh, we sprinkled that in, um, but but a bit too almost. I would have to say this season of American Horror Story is damn near perfection. If you're watching a franchise, if you've been paying attention, to be this good, this late in the game tells me that you're learning. And growing and, and exponentially like building on on all your hard work. And that was very heartening yeah. to see. Yeah. You know how like you, yeah. it, seasons get away from, you know, the first season, The Walking Dead. And it starts getting like weaker <laughs> and weaker and weaker, Supernatural. So, you know, like you're just going, you know, it's well, when you have better, that, you know. When you have that inherent structure of starting a new story every season, you're less likely to worry about that sort of fatigue. But then again, you're talking about how you can also fall into the pitfalls and the mistakes of that. Right. The one thing so I'm I'm gonna go on record and say I did not enjoy Roanoke and Cult as a season of American horror story. Yeah. To me, they were just uh they're just not They were as, fun. They were fun. They were in, fun and fine. That's, I was, you know, Roanoke, I was there for Chaz Bono as an inbred cannibalistic hillbilly. <laughs> um, I th- I th- that was my only takeaway from that. I was like, the fact that everybody on the reality crew got murdered. Okay. That was also kind of fun. Uh, Cause they all, <laughs> I know people who work on reality and they really wish that would happen sometimes. They're like, just please let some murdering hillbillies kill us all. Um, some Roanoke, which is just murderous, but that just Chaz Bono was just the gift of Roanoke. Um, I don't know that I felt good about any, any of cult. I kind of felt bad for Evan Peters because he would show up every day and just kill himself to play Kai yeah. You know, because the dude like throws himself at all of these roles and people are like, yeah, but we just we prefer March, you know, or Tate or that's true. You know, I Wait, and both characters made that. a return this season, which was awesome. Exactly. No one's missing um, Kai. So but I mean, like what I'm saying is in terms of like learning from their mistakes, I feel like the reason that. I think this season worked is that you can't tell where it's going from the very beginning. That's right. So, like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure you can say that every single season of American Horror Story, besides Romanuk and Cole, from the very beginning, if you look at the very beginning and what they're setting up to where they get to the end, completely different. And, you know, some say that's bad writing, good writing, whatever. I think in this case, having the first three episodes as sort of this red herring of this storyline that we thought we knew where, we're, where we were going. Right. And to now, and this is also what I love that Ryan Murphy took that risk in having most of the season is sort of this machete order timeline and this complete flashback and waiting for the very last minute to give us a satisfying finale. Um, and again, some people didn't like it because they felt like nothing was happening, but I was fine with it. Cause I felt like, you know, the entire point was just 
to show you the story that led up to the apocalypse. And it put you in an interesting position in knowing that Michael eventually succeeds. And now you're thinking, okay, well, how are they going to overcome that sort of conflict? I think people need to sit down and watch it again. And again, I have effects uh, plus now. So getting to see it today up until like, I'm probably, I'm going to go in and finish it. I'm at like um, episode eight. Cause I had forgotten how um, the original Miss Mead died. And I was like, oh, she mm-hmm. got caught out. Her and and uh, Ariel and Penny Packer, um, which, by the way, is my fallout name. I'm Snafu Penny Packer. Um, <laughs> no, but like uh, just to see how they all got caught and then burned mm-hmm. at the state because they all brought back um, John Henry. So I got the satisfying twists of that. Mm-hmm. I just love it. Look, this is not trying to be some deep ass show. This is not trying to be some. It's not trying to be this like you know, Mister Robot layer upon layer. It has its own thing. As its own thing, I think American Horror Story, even when it doesn't do things completely awesome, it's still just fun as hell. And oh, yeah. this season was like, I got my popcorn and my butter and my salt and the quiet theater and, you know, the sweet kiss of love on my neck from like good storytelling. And I was like, I was in heaven with mm-hmm. every episode of this. So I encourage you guys who are shitting on it a little bit before you like really close that book, go back and watch it if you can, because I, yeah, it's truly I agree. a good season of television. So. I agree because I have been also rewatching it the past couple of days because, um, by the time it was finished, I, I had the feeling that the first three episodes just felt so incredibly separate from the rest of the story of the season. But going back and watching those three episodes and seeing how there's they're putting little hints and laying the groundwork. Oh, this outpost used to be a school for exceptional young boys. Oh, you know, um, the purples are the elite. And that's why Miss Venomal likes purple everything. And her you know? shitty taste in music. Oh, my God, girl. <laughs> But yeah, I, I, yeah. I also yeah. felt that that was realistic. You know, I honestly, what I loved about it, and I'm the cynical say, the, the end of the world bunker would look like this. It would be some fucking middle management bitch who, you know, had her own personal problem, problems and just brought that into apocalypse and was like, now it's my time. So you're like, you're doing all the stuff that they're into and you're like, oh my God, is somebody just fucked Mrs. Venable and like gotten her to wear a little <laughs> bit more black? just taking her out into the world and like just showed her a little love, you know, I think, I think it would have been a better time. So just being able to think about those things. And I swear to God, they had to have somebody in that, on that writing team has to have known a Mrs. Venable. I feel like she's like a, she's a, a Dolores Umbridge. I feel like she just feels very specific. Mm hmm. Some somebody's like Who yeah, is this elementary bitch? school teacher yeah, somewhere. Somebody, y'all know somebody <laughs> wear purple, has shitty taste in music, and just like can't cook. Mm-hmm. Who <laughs> annoying teacher. shit, y'all. Y'all know this. I live for this moment. I like the resolution in Murder House. I feel like we're not going to go back to Murder House, and I feel like the series we brought back Carney Britton. We brought back what was his name? Dylan McDermott. I get him confused. Yeah, Dylan Mc- Yeah, we saw him in Best Buy. We were like, "Holler!" He's very tan in real life and very big. He's a large. He's tall. Man. He's very. He's like a super mutant. He's like a big. He's a big face. Anyway, <laughs> he's not a fat man. He's very trim, but he's like a large. Yeah, he's like he's like a, he's a big dude. He's like a transformer. Um, so he's just, stately. He is stately. Oh yeah, that's a good word. It's a good word. He can play a stately character. Uh, just getting to see the old faves and then having Madison, and this is where she was redeemed for me. 
She was. I'm now. I'm enjoying Emma Roberts. Hey, I'll I say liked. It. Yeah. I liked. I liked her in. in you Coven. have always loved. her. I've always liked her. You did. You don't have yeah. any hate for her. See, I don't like her aunt, Horseface Julia Roberts. But Homecoming made me actually. Sam Ismail made me fall in love with, with Horseface, which is. You have no idea. That's a miracle because I have a long time hatred of that bitch. And so now I'm kind of like, I like you a little bit. She's still got a weird face and she's overrated, but he brings a performance <laughs> out of her anyway. Um, I love how it really was, although Chablis was there, I felt like Madison was really there to like, I don't know what it was. Maybe it's guilt or some sort of penance, but she brings Tate. And, uh, oh, what's the girl's name? Violet. Violet. Tate and Violet back together. We find out the house is evil. It's really not Tate. I guess the show wants to distance itself from all those school shooting kind of uh, images. <sighs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah. The, the story that just touched me, like I was sobbing, is Moira's story. Yeah. I was sobbing. Yeah. But you know what's what's worse though is that now that Mallory went back in time, she's now still stuck at the murder house. Oh, I didn't think about that. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. But surely, surely to God, surely to God, she'll she'll remember, right? She'll remember and she'll go back and still. Wait, 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 wait! I just wait. What? Okay, it all gets un- undone in the yeah, end, right? Yeah. Because the true supreme, which is Mallory, goes back and like runs over. Um, dude. Yeah, runs over Langdon. Yeah. He's dead. Mm-hmm. He did. And Constance yeah. won't bring him back in the house, won't give him life, lets him die in the street. Like, Nan didn't get a chance to live. She leaves him in the street and goes, you know, go to hell because I ain't burying any of your fucking animals and cats and shit. I hate roses by now. So I feel like if, if I feel like in that moment, Constance was sort of semi aware of where she was. Hopefully, Madison remembers that hopefully shabley remembers that and they go and set moira free please hopefully oh, i mean that's right Fuck. i mean if, if michael was never a problem then madison would have no reason to go oh to god house. and so now queenie's not free and misty's not free well no well no misty is free because they brought her back remember yeah at the end yeah because yeah but and then queenie like uh, Wait, Mallory told Queenie not to go to the Hotel Cortez, oh. so she is alive now. Yeah, but like, but Misty, wait, though Misty has yet to happen, or have they not? not yeah, but Mist- Misty Mallory, uh, Mallory had some. She said she had street cred with the demons in hell, and she negotiated uh, Misty's release, so okay. she's back. All right. Oh, well, that's then, right. Well, that's then right. she needs to negotiate some more uh, set and free. I guess it would have been too neatly a package. I think she needs to do that on her holidays. All right. <laughs> there was some, there was something else that stuck out because when they said that you know I had I have I have street cred yeah and then there was somebody else that wasn't freed that was stuck in hell I don't know if it was Madison Na- was it Madison it was Madison oh. yeah, yeah was she, like, she's she, like she, Mallory's she, like she could stay there a bit longer oh okay so that's how they resolved that one she's stuck in the okay. Ross yeah she's stuck in the Ross we got to get her out of the Ross well, though she can set more free but I love that the show like finally like 
acknowledges how terrible of a person she actually is. Yeah. Because when they were casting the identity spell on Coco and Mallory, they were like, Coco, you have to be absolutely terrible to Mallory. We modeled you after Madison's personality. I know. I love it. (laughs) And you know, and I love that Emma Roberts didn't shrink from that and just let that joke be told on her. Because again, that also made me... uh... I mean, she's still pretty venomous, but it's the difference is she's not completely insufferable. Yeah. Like she has moments of actually being compassionate and a decent person look if i know there's a heart under that i will put up with a lot of people's armor and i feel like what madison does is armor i mean i know a lot of mean girls yeah. do that, like that and i know that they're all just like hot messes on the inside and they also they come and weep all over me and want to be friends and then because i'm overweight or older or not as cool they'll be like bitch i don't know you in public and i'm like i know bitch you're gonna be like tweeting me later and like damn deeming me and asking me about your like self-esteem she's mm-hmm. got she's got some pretty like pretty hilarious digs though she does she does i mean she does some of her digs i'm just like fuck that was funny they know how to. I, i'm glad her. you're not telling that you're not talking to me but right exactly that's just Ooh, funny yeah. that's good but also okay so is it canon that madison montgomery is related to the montgomery's of the murder house i feel like that's what they were saying right yeah because vivian was like oh i know a couple of montgomery's when they were in the murder house uh-huh so that's like canon now. I can't believe I never made that connection. I didn't either. And when that that's happened, crazy. I was like, did I was, because I'd anything Madison, I was just like, you know, uh, you know, like I'm just her whole three way with her and Violet and Tate. I was like, ew, 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 <laughs> ew. I mean, like you finally have like a polyamorous relationship or, you know, whatever's going on, or a bisexual kind of situation. And it's with her. Ew, ew. Uh, but now I'm cool. Um, I loved seeing also when you put Billy Porter and Emma Roberts in the same scene. Oh my that god, yes. Fun. That elevated. <laughs> that He's like, fun. "Great. I'll take the Great. aisle seat." Yeah. <laughs> I'll take the aisle seat. Like we're the worst versions of Heidi Klum and Seal. <laughs> and when they had to pretend to be married to yeah. get the murder house, yeah. that was amazing. Exactly. That was amazing. I can't wait for us to have babies. And then like, as soon as the guy walks out of the room, she snatches her hand from him and he's like, <laughs> "I had to wear khakis. We're all having a bad day." Um <laughs> I love those two together. Who would have thought that those two would have made those scenes so pleasurable? Right? Yeah. You know, because you have to keep up with Billy Porter. You can't just be, you can't be sleeping on that, you know, room that you come to set. So I was like, I was respecting. Yeah. Yeah. Miss Emma. And I, he brings a and lot I felt of that. space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt that also a lot with Cody Fern and Jessica Lang, like their scenes together. Oh, yeah. And I remember reading an interview where Cody Fern was understandably, like, completely terrified of mm-hmm. being in a scene with Jessica Lang. Mm-hmm. But, like, he held his own. Like, it was great. Well, as he should be. And I'm, you know, but, but Jessica isn't in a, a generous, loving, kind, professional woman mm-hmm. that you just don't fuck with Ha, but she's. She's just wonderful. I've loved her for so long. Yeah, when she I'm was, glad that that she came back. When she was super, super, super beautiful, like when in her prime, she was more beautiful than anybody's been on our scene. I'm sorry. Yeah, you were showing me pictures and, and fucking like, wow. gorge, yeah. but also just kind of tragic and lost and dated Sam Shepard and was just but could just hold a scene, could just tear the fucking tits off of words and just play and go and be and was a wonderful actress and beautiful at the same time. Like when Sam Shepard saw her, he like lost his mind 
he was like, I have to have her. And she's like, you can't possess me. And she was just like, fantastic. And I, to watch her work after all these years, I'm just sitting here going, bravo. Yeah. You, want, you are cheering for people like that. And she's mm-hmm. had a lot of shit happen to her, and she's weathered the storm and hasn't, is not a jaded person. So, you know, you can see that generosity and that kind of caring in that space that, that she's giving to Fern. So yeah, she didn't totally. have space, you know, apparently for somebody we won't mention. Yeah. Because they trifling. Um, yeah. Okay. So we didn't get derailed. A lot of people feel that. I mean, if you guys watch these series now back to back to back like Roanoke, it feels derailed to us because second act choices and stuff. I, the show kind of tends to have a very clear place of where it wants to go. Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes we think they're meandering, but they're trying to get to a point. I just don't think we always get the punchline. This time, it was a lot more clear to me. You know, yeah. even weekly viewing, I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah. The timeline for me did get a little confusing, but rewatching it definitely helps. Oh, yeah, it does. You're like back like, to back. This yeah. makes yeah. sense. The only thing I'm still tripping on, okay, this is the thing, the two characters that I'm like, I want. To, to ask for y'all's help. Welcome to my Bible study. Okay, so Bubbles is mm-hmm. the same woman who is is Fred Fister's grandma, right? No, no, not the I same thought the people. Exact same thing. I, yeah, I thought the exact same thing. No, this show. Yeah. Honestly, I was just thinking if some new person just like. I want to watch American Horror Story and start with Apocalypse. So, like, wait, that bitch is also that bitch. Why is anybody bringing that up? The psychic is, Mrs. Venable is, Cordelia is. It's like, people must be tripping. But even this one got me. Okay, explain. Yeah. I think, I think, well, I think it's because she didn't come into like episode seven. And the last time we saw her was episode two. Right. So I I also was confused, but they have like different hairstyles. Right. And I completely forgot that. But yeah, they're yeah, definitely meant to be different people. One's white, one's one's white hair and one's like dark hair. But they're both actresses who have all these stories. So it's yes. so confused. <laughs> and I guess the one that was in the bunker that Fred brought with him, the hairstylist, and he brought grandma that he thought wasn't, you know, he murdered her. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, the one in the house, you Mm -hmm. know. So, Mr. Gallant... They were very similar characters, yeah. Yeah, so Mr. Gallant, Fred Fister, I thought that was very funny. Um, That's his grandma. He just overhears Coco and the bunker and the thing, and he gloms on and takes, like, her family's seats. But then there's this whole other world where Bubbles, who's the actress, hooks up with Myrtle because they're old friends. Bubbles taught uh, Myrtle some fellatio skills, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) <laughs> because, you know, Madison shows up to get some intel on Michael and they're recruiting Bubbles and then she goes and has dinner at the with the, with the warlocks, warlocks and reads okay. the minds yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Um, what happens to Bubbles? We don't know. Do we? No, she, yeah, she dies in episode nine after, <sighs> um, after Michael, like, shoots up the school. <laughs> yeah. I have to watch That's- it again. Yeah, and that that's far. what confused yeah, that's what confused me because I did think there was the same person. I'm like, wait, how did she? But yeah. yeah, I mean, like, you, if you can have like three, four Sarah Paulsons in one season of an literally, episode, I should be able to keep up. But I was like really confused. 
Because we had, I saw, we had three Evan Peters. We had March, and we had Tate, and then we had Fred Fister. No, we had four. Then we had Mutt and Jeff. Mm-hmm. Brock, you know, Billy Eichner was two people. He was Mutt and Jeff, and he was also... And the boyfriend. He was Brock. Yeah. Don't fucking leave me in Santa Monica, you bitch! Um, <laughs> Why not, man? Santa Monica's great. I have loved Billy Eichner for so long. Can we just talk about how much I have loved him forever? And the I fact love that Billy he Eichner. Is on this show makes me pee myself. I mean, I actually loved um, the series he had. Billy on the Street? Uh, no, well, that's oh. awesome, but there was a... I can't remember it right now. Uh, Billy Eichner had a show oh, that's right. with, the, with the redheads yeah, I don't that we loved so much. Can't think of it right now. Mm. Anyway, I'm kind of meandering. I appreciated that they just told their story without worrying about uh, about losing people because they knew that if okay come back around watch it again yeah it's a show that needs a second possibly a third watch it's all there and as i was watching it today Mm -hmm. i'm like oh it's all there it's all there like they literally tell you what happened technology killed the world mrs venable says it Mm -hmm. you know they're telling you the story of what happened and you're like oh okay so what is it difficult people Yes. Yeah. Did you ever see Difficult People? No. So it's him and his friend, and and they have a whole show about them trying to be famous, and they're just they're just awful, shitty people walking around New York, being like awful, shitty people. <laughs> um, and I think it got canceled after what two or three seasons, but it was hilarious. It, it it's worth watching. I don't know what it's yeah. on. Hulu, Netflix, maybe by now. I don't know what it's on. Um, oh, but they're both. The original network was Hulu. That's right. So maybe it's still there. Yeah. I love that show. If you love Billy Eichner, please watch Difficult People. Oh, I would kind of confused with You're the Worst because basically it's You're the Worst, only they're not screwing. He's gay and she's his friend and it's hilarious. So, <laughs> word. Um, what else is I going to bring up? Can you talk about Myrtle? Let's talk about Myrtle. I'll talk about Myrtle all day long. Do you tell? Love her. <laughs> I, just, I don't. I I loved uh, whoever is in that writers' room writing Myrtle's lines is just you're nailing it, sweetie. <laughs> you're nailing it. You're Listen, nailing this is it. The, this is also what I what I also loved about the season is that even though there are five seasons between Covenant and Apocalypse. They still managed to completely nail the continuity. And I'm talking about how every character has their own like way of talking. Even like when That's they were right. doing this when they were doing the Seven Wonder was with Michael and they were doing like that old old like nineteen forties mm-hmm. thing with the Claire de Lune. Yeah, the silent era. And yeah. that that scene where Michael descends into hell, the Deshenton scene, mm-hmm. I was watching it and I was I, he he was saying like the incantation and everything, and I was like Hmm, I wonder if I go back to that scene in Coven if they use the same incantation. And guess what? They did. Really? So literally, it's such solid world building, honestly. Like, it's so great. But like, yeah, Myrtle, complete standout. I loved that she got more of a chance to use magic in this season. Yes. Um, Especially in the last episode. Like, um, that scene where Miss Venable was like... 
how'd you get past the guard? And she's like, oh, by doing something like this. And then she just goes off into a spell. Like, I love that. Yeah. Because you can tell, like, it's just so, she's such a, like, completely professional about this. I want to know all the little things about Myrtle. Like, what's her backstory? And I know she's a slave to fashion and she loves her fashion and she's a snob and she loves her food. And And she's on that, that council. So, you know, she's not just some, you know, low level. Oh, no. You know. She ain't jank. But I like yeah. who was Myrtle as a young girl, you know? We did see a little, yeah. little bit of young Myrtle and Coven, but and Coven. yeah. Tiny no, we don't really bit. know too much about her. Yeah. But I was just like, I want to, I could spend, like, there could be an entire, like, Myrtle thing happening. I would probably watch an entire show surrounding Myrtle to a certain degree. To get a 90 like. minute episode? Fuck yeah. If we're going to do that on The Walking Dead with Morgan, <laughs> where's my 90 minute episode? I'm like, Myrtle. <laughs> spinoff series yeah shit yeah but you know what that's where you don't do it and i think that when something is done well and done right and crafted right you give people so much that they want more but you don't give it to them not to frustrate them not to tease them but because you know i love um rite aid candy cotton candy ice cream and i bought a tub of it and then I sat there for days on end, and, and I had every day I could have it. And I was just like, this is too much. I just wanted to have the one cone. And then I appreciated it more than just having it. This is why they tell you, like, you can want millions. And if you get it, unless you, like, give it to charity and help other people and do something really important with it, there's only mm-hmm. so much of it you can spend on yourself and enjoy that's how I feel about writing good characters and enjoying good characters for, for me to want more. That's yeah. kind of like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, wait, I want to see more of Myrtle, but if I was given a lot of Myrtle, would I just be like, oh, that's why? You know? That's, that's an interesting question. I don't know. It seems impossible to be tired of a character, but when you, t- when you talk about it that way, I, I can see it. When you just, you just do too much of a good thing... You know, and that's, there's just, you have to like let things out. It's, it's keeping the, the string taut between mm-hmm. you and your audience of like just enough give and take. This is what excitement is. This is what flavor is. That's why food got small in restaurants and prices got more expensive for the wealthy <laughs> just to have a taste of something. Now, I don't relate to that because I ain't going to give you no $15 for like a bite of like, you know, celery, some cheese on top of it. Go fuck yourself. But like for people who have it all, they like that little bit of a thing. For me, as a person who consumes like art in a certain kind of way, I appreciate a well thought out character that I don't, you just give me just enough. Yeah. It sucks when you're watching, say, The Walking Dead. And you don't get enough story or enough time with anyone and you feel like you're watching commercials for a character that's yet to come that never happens. Will Daryl speak? Be bisexual. Be gay. Do anything. Cross the street. Next week, Daryl looks at a squirrel. It's like that kind of stuff frustrates you after a while. But if you spent enough time to fall in love then that's yeah. good storytelling. I need just a little bit more, not mm-hmm. a total jerk off in the drive through. So yeah, that's my little, I also, I also felt that about Cordelia as well, because we really only got to see this really confident and authoritative Cordelia near the tail end of Coven. That's right. And now to see her in her prime and ultimately facing that she has to give up 
her powers to Mallory. Like, I don't know. It was just such an interesting, interesting. And the fact that also, sorry, but like that Francis Conroy and Sarah Paulson can also just like slip back into those characters. Yes. Is also just a testament to just how freaking good they are. I want to talk about that, how these actors are so good in what they do that I don't for a minute go, well, that's Sarah Paulson playing the psychic. That's Sarah Paulson playing the... Although I think the psychic character is pretty weak. She's based on a real person. We know, you know, she's vaguely, I think she's no longer famous. But like at the time, it was like, unfortunately, they kind of hinged upon this celebrity psychic bitch who's in the reality world. Anyway, whatever. But like she shows up and like, she's Cordelia. She's this person. She's the twins, you know, the, uh, the conjoined twins and freaks. Like I don't go, oh, I'm being jarred because these are two different characters. I don't do that at all. Like yeah, yeah. Evan yeah. Peters does that. You know, they all do this. All of the, Francis Conroy. She's Moira. She's Myrtle. I don't even think of them in the same way. You know? Totally. Totally. Yeah. Such yeah. such great characters. Seriously. I love them. And it's also honestly just a testament to how strong this char- the character writing in this season is. Yes. Like it just it, everything just makes so much sense to me. I noticed on uh, my second go around of this of this season's rewatch, um, something really interesting in, um, in the very last episode where they're talking about the identity spell and how Mallory needs to be demeaned by Coco so that her potential as the next Supreme um, is hidden from Michael and herself. And at first blush, it doesn't seem... Uh, it seems like a very passing thing for cordelia to say but when you think about it and the layers and the whole relationship between um how cordelia has has been feeling about you know not trying to be her mother is that this is exactly what happened with cordelia and fiona you know that fiona just shit on her daughter over and over and over again demeaned her to no end only to have cordelia be the one to ultimately dethrone her from the supremacy right um so and 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 it's also great that it wasn't just like, here, that's what this means. You like you really have to think about it in terms of the context of the show and the, the seasons that this season was based on. I want to talk about um, the two characters at the end. I don't know the actors' names. I will have to search for them. That They play the two young star-crossed lovers, as it seems, who end mm-hmm. up like... It, it, it really hit me over the head, the second viewing, um, that the... Um, it's not called the corporation. What's it called? What's the cooperative? The co- yeah. The the cooperative, the collect- collective? Cooperative. 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 The cooperative secures this boy and this girl and throws them in a cage, you know, like 45 minutes before the apocalypse we're going to show up and get this random white boy out of his house because he put his spit on the 23 and me ancestry thing. And we don't know where homegirl came from cuz she was already in jail because she was protesting some bullshit. So they throw these two people together, and you're like going, hmm. So we see how it gets thwarted. Again, I hope you guys paid attention to the spoilers tag. That these two are now, it looks like the cooperative was like, okay, in case, you know, Michael fails, we have a backup. Right? Yeah, yeah. But that it, was definitely meant to be as a, a fail safe in case Michael didn't work out. Because the devil, the devil don't trust nobody, even his only begotten son. He's like, I'll just make another one. 
I'll just pull these two together because they have the genetic makeup. They have their own murder house kind of material. Mm-hmm. Looked like, you know, he was he lived in the valley. Of. Well, that's kind of funny. It's like you have the you have the prophecy. You have prophecy. This concept of prophecy, and right. it's like prophecy is going to happen. However, prophecy can be thwarted. <laughs> it's like they keep trying and trying to. I reckon. Know, fulfill the prophecy. But like, if maybe maybe, be... maybe it's prophecy that Michael was was going to have to be thwarted. Like it's. It's kind of like this whole predestination thing. This this show it is just kind of kinda, yeah. It knew it's that like, maybe that, this, yeah. yeah, and it does that kind of whole thing. Like the beginning is the end, and I love that it just didn't get like. There's no happy endings necessarily in American uh, horror story. Like there's, it's not always like oh great, you know. I mean, it, I guess happy endings is like you know Dylan McDermott's character uh, continues to masturbate but doesn't cry anymore. I love the whole tearjerker <laughs> line. <laughs> tearjerker is the funniest thing. I was like, y'all snaps. Um, but, you know, you're, I loved that kind of cliffhanger thing. But I was like, isn't that interesting how they did that? Because that's what we lead with, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we have, well, first of all, we meet Coco and Mallory. Yeah. And she's going to get her hair and the whole thing with the Santa Monica airport. And I'm like, dang. And they really shot at Santa Monica Airport. They really shot at Santa. That yeah, was that was Santa Monica literally Airport, literally up the street from our house. <laughs> so is Barker wow. Hanger. Like all the award shows are literally around the corner from the dog park. Like here's Barker Hanger. Here's if you can see this on the podcast. Uh, my hands are like very close together. Here's Barker Hanger, and here's our airport dog park. They're like right next to each yeah. other, and every star you've ever known and cared about actually goes there. And we couldn't be horsed to even. The Foo Fighters' uh, Pretender was shot at Barker Hanger. That's right. Rom Rom Mountain see that. there all the time. Yeah. I never even couldn't be bothered. Um, so, yeah, it was at the, at the airport. And I was just thinking, my, the number one thing I noticed in this pilot is how much money they pay in this dude to stay and, like, shoot all the people at Santa Monica Airport trying to get on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to die. Like, the loyalty in the last minute, wouldn't you just abandon your post? So I had to suspend my disbelief. Also, maybe he was doing that so he could get on the plane as well. I don't know. Yeah, because there's nowhere else to go. Well, fine, but no one was flying the plane. Uh, oh, okay. This, so can this we was explain, my thing. like, how they landed? Because you have... Yeah. Right? That's my thing. That's my thing. I don't know how they landed. And I don't... Was this the the pilot disappearing? Was that supposed to be like the rapture? I like, is that what they were hinting at? Wrongly think that's exactly what Ryan Murphy was saying. Okay, I think that they didn't take you know because that would be very distracting. Um, sure. To to like get into, but I was just like, are y'all trying to hint that there's actually a rapture, and they all those you know Christian folk. They gone. They gone. And this is like because the plane literally the plane could have not left the tarmac. There's there's obviously there's autopilot, right? Mm-hmm. That's a given. Once you get in the air, but also, and then the second big thing is you're flying on the edge of a nuclear blast. Which, if you're they were that close to that mushroom, if you can see the mushroom cloud, it's already too late. You've been knocked out of the sky. Okay, you're done. So, okay, mm-hmm. I'm suspending, but I'm just like, I think y'all are saying that Homeboy uh, and maybe his co-pilot got raptured. Is this, is this like... But how do they land is my other thing. Yeah, this, so I, I, like, I went, oh, <laughs> I see that. 
That's cool. That's what you're saying. But how they land. Is this like is this like Murphy just taking a shit on Kirk Cameron and his Left Behind series? I, it possibly <laughs> could be any of that. I actually watched. Why you're talking about like the the like really old movies? Not yeah, really old. yeah, the old. I yeah. watched those. I he remember means, watching those. He means yeah, about eight years. So that's what I yeah, I, I saw those. I saw those as as a kid. I did mean, you? that was that's what they showed at church to scare you. Did it? We just got the tracks. I'm, I'm, the chick I'm, tracks. Those scared you I'm, too. I'm just way. I'm way. Uh, we didn't have it, that fancy kind of fear, which is my grandma going blood up to the horses, bridle and the whore of Babylon. <laughs> but she was just stuck on like revelations and quoted at me often. But like y'all got even y'all you got the uh, the acting of Kirk Cameron. To oh, drive it home, <laughs> which is horrifying in and of itself. Yeah. Now that I think about it, left behind, yeah. and then they had left behind too. Like <laughs> one day, I I don't know why. I think you were. I know you were away. It might have been a weekend where you were working away. I might have been drunk. Sure, <laughs> I was. And I watched a, um, a a rapture movie. Oh Lord! Like all of it. So that was weird. It wasn't good. I just grew up on the rapture. Like, was like, that the Left Behind movie with Nicolas Cage? Yes. Oh shit, that's right. Oh there was a, there was a Nicolas Cage one. And the entire time, the entire time, I was thinking, <laughs> how much money do you owe the IRS to have to make this movie? Because you know that bitch doesn't believe in Jesus. No. He doesn't believe in any of this shit. He's like, okay, I'll find. You know, it's about God, and we're going to pray before the blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he's just reeking of, like, cocaine and hookers, and he's just standing there just, like, fine. It's like I whatever. did face-off, and then I did, uh, what was it, uh, Gone in 60 Seconds. He's done all of it. And he's now done. I'm doing Left Behind. I just don't – I think he didn't manage his money well, <laughs> or you end up in, a, like, a rapture picture anyway. <laughs> We'll we'll never know that we probably should look up these stories to inform our podcast, but I feel like there was something in there. Nick Cage was in a fucking rapture shit. So <laughs> did Bubbles all of a sudden because not Bubbles? Well, Bubbles wasn't on the plane. No, and the other people didn't know they were witches. No. Does right? F- do, it, does Fred Fister have like a pilot license? But we don't know. How we, did we don't know how that happened. Fucking plane land. Was Cordelia <laughs> on the ground, just like she's de- she's buried, she's buried deep. That's true. Well, Cordelia, yeah. like that was a big gamble to trust that Mallory would end up in that outpost. Right. Like, right? Yeah. I mean, this is where you have to go. This is not like Mr. Robot. If you go and you look at the hacks on Mr. Robot, there's a whole. It's got an audience that's got nine different tiers to it. There are actual hackers who watch Mr. Robot because the hacks are real. They're fucking mm-hmm. real. So hackers go and watch the show and do screen grabs. They'll sometimes correct uh, Cora, Donna, and the guys who are doing the hacks and go, well, you're off by a mark, but it would still work, but you'd have this error and blah, blah, blah. Like That show is like for real. And then you know, you can ignore all that if you want to and just like go for the emotional drama and, you know, Elliot's character. But like this show is like... Y'all just had to say we just talked. We just we just did rapture, and don't worry about how they land. Had you land the plane though? Yeah, they they <laughs> just didn't deem it as an important thing to show, I guess. And then I kind of like the big sweeping overreaching thing. So the Antichrist whole his whole jam was everybody just be dead. 
because he's killed seven billion people. These are literally there's like maybe a few what hundred thousand people maybe on the earth at this point. And he's wiped out the other all the other outposts because you know he's just rolled all those outposts and killed everybody. Yeah, his fuckery is like he rolls up on all the outposts. He messes with everybody's head. He gets them to kill each other. He doesn't like to get his hands dirty, as he says, so he manipulates everybody until they all turn on each other and then everybody's eating each other and dying. Stews in the stew. Because he manipulates Mrs. Venable. <laughs> Stews in the stew. <laughs> he, man- he, he manipulates Mrs. Venable because he plays with her notion of power and gets her to go power crazy. Yeah. And her and, and Ms. Me, the robot, like kill everybody. So his whole thing is everybody dies and then what? Does he just hang out with his robot? Was that going to be the deal? Well, then, I mean, you're supposed to get, like, all the demons and stuff. They, they drop oh, around the world. But so it's the like there's no one rise. to control, though. Uh, but, no, you're, like, you're the Antichrist. You rule everything. You're, like, the Jesus Christ of... But you're, you're not you're ruling the, anything. No, you're the Antichrist. You rule everything. But there's no one to rule because you killed them all. No, but the demons rise. I guess you're ruling the demons. Yeah. I, so. I mean, he 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 said he was just remaking the world in his father's image. Right. I don't know. So that's just yeah. a bunch of demons. Yeah. I think he would have been very, we'd have grown tired of that. That would have been boring. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, because I was like, what is the end game here? Like, you're just going to. What are we trying to do here? Just going to jerk off. And There's no one to torture. Of- There's no one to have kill someone else. Demons are going to enjoy it. I guess. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, like Satanism. Like people are like, oh my God, they're Satanists. They're going to bring it by the end of the world. I'm like, and then what? It just doesn't, <laughs> I don't really, I don't get it. It's like the end game hasn't been thought through. Right. <laughs> this is probably a Bible thing that I'm just like not. <laughs> I mean, I maybe up. the maybe the Bible has the answer. <laughs> I grew up with the whole Bible no, thing, even on that and I would sit there and Bible on, even study. Even on that one, the end game hasn't been thought through. No, I was sitting there like it's... making a popsicle, sickle Jesus for the eleventh time, going, "Okay, so we all fell at this. We all suck, okay? Because I'm not a good Christian. I mean, I got baptized seven times in my entire lifetime. I'm not exaggerating. I've been baptized that many times. It didn't take. It didn't take at all. <laughs> so I'm just sitting here going, I dried off. We fail. At, <laughs> I dried <laughs> off, and I still don't believe. And so you're making up this fairy story and blah, blah, blah. But it's just like this bind to the fairy story for a second. So say it rises. It's a thousand years. Okay. And so all of that happens. The people are cast into hell. Other people go and play harps and shit, which sounds really fucking boring. And well, no, the- in hell, it's a lake of fire and you burn for eternity. And I'm just like, for the people running hell, what's what is the Ashland podcast? Not to be confused with Ashland Baptist Church. Yeah. That's, oh, literally. Why, <laughs> that's why they have series like the pre- uh, like preacher, because then you get, you know, like the devil who's like, I'm bored. I got to do something. I'm so bored. I'm just going to go to the surface and fuck with Hitler. Um, <laughs> Hitler gets out of hell. And runs a sandwich <laughs> like shop. Shit, just and that's. I think that's the that's the funny shit is that it's like you got the prophecy, you know, which is supposed to be the end and the everything. Mm-hmm. But even prophecy is just like like I always gets think the by itself. It's like the dog that chases the car. Once he gets the car, he's like, oh, <laughs> "What do I do?" I'm so confused now. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, "What is the end game of this?" And like when Mrs. Mead is like, "I want to see the world burn," and she's all smiling and they're burning her to death, and I'm like. 
and scene? <laughs> like, what are you t- you're fucking dead now. Right? Okay. I do have to say I love the Satanist episode. I know it was a lot of people just did not like that episode. Really? So, Jenner, uh-huh. I loved it. Um, the comedian who played the high, the the pre the priest of the church. Um, God, I've known her forever. Again, so many fucking names to remember. Um, Sandra, something. She's awesome. And then the choir uh, singing the the classic. Carmina Burana. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was a, the a, subtitles. The subtitle said it was O Fortuna, and that was wrong. So okay, well there you go. Just saying. Uh, <laughs> I love I love the Satanists. I love that everybody's like an old hippie, but they're just old Satanists who are like, "Hail <laughs> Satan!" to kind of show that they've been hanging out for a minute, like you know, uh, waiting for Satan to come back, and uh, and the whole Ronald Re- Ryan Reynolds joke, the yeah. Ryan Reynolds <laughs> stuff. We get him on Wednesday, and then Mutt and Jeff also get him on like. On uh, certain days of the week. That was uh, one of my favorite digs. There's just so many great moments. Like, for me, every season of uh, American Horror Story, there are great moments. But this one was just chock full of quotable. Wait, what was the name of the, the um, you said, what, Solina what? I said Sandra. Oh, I'm sorry. My bad. Sorry. Never mind. What's her, what's her actual name? The com- She's a comedian. I know her as a comedian. She plays the... The uh, the Satanist. Yeah, I have to look it up. Yeah, I, it's, it took a, it's I, deep. There's the cast is so big. <laughs> Can they not just give me? I want to look up American Horror Story Apocalypse uh, uh, season by season, right? Not just canon. You guys talk amongst yourselves. I want to find this because it's going to bug me, and I'm later on gonna be like, we don't do the whole, you know, like corrections at the end. <laughs> well, did you want to talk about the finale as well? Yeah. Yes, Angela Bassett coming back. Yeah, yes. see that was cool. I think I think both of us squealed on that one because I wasn't expecting that. I screamed at the TV because I had not not did not see that coming at all, and I was I'm I'm gl- I freaking love Marie Laveau and and her character in, in Coven, and I'm glad that they brought her back, even if it was for like literally two minutes. Um. But no, I I'm gonna go on record and say that this finale was probably my favorite American Horror Story finale. Um, I just thought it was just so good, and like the twists and turns at the end, and like it was also like fairly like cinematic. I, I feel like was. this whole I feel like this whole season was pretty cinematic. I think it was um, too. I think it was too. It's beautiful. Yeah, I feel like some some past seasons have like dipped their toe into to, to that realm, but I feel like this season was like fairly like overblown definitely cinematic um so i want to give these quick shouts um because we talked we talked about the main cast all the time like billy lord and all those guys uh adina porter i love her as dinah she's amazing um if you're a true blood fan she's greatness also it was sandra bernhard who played hannah the high priestess of the satanic church and Harriet Sansom Harris played Madeline. She was the the Satanist who was brought him in and oh, fed okay. him. Got it. Oh, okay. Um, and then Carlo Rota played Anton Levey. Loved him uh, as Anton Levey. There was, was just... he like the the black high priest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So just want to give shots to those guys because they really stood out in the, in the series. 
Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. But the finale was, to me, you know, I saw the bullshit on Tumblr with you. That's why I laughed. I was like, <laughs> fuck everybody. I really need to stop looking at the Tumblr tags. You know, I got to just stop going to Tumblr in general, but I can't. But the reason I go to Tumblr is because I follow a couple of people who are diehard into a couple of, of subjects and people that I'm into. And I know, I don't know what they do for a living or who they actually are because we don't know anything about each other, but they know it had the latest content, you know, yeah. especially this one account I follow. I call it RNN, the Rami News Network. She has <laughs> everything on like Rami. <laughs> and then we also talk, um, we, we do our tea just one-on-one. We don't do it out in the street. So we talk about our tea and we talk about our theories and stuff. And I love it for that because I have my friend and we can talk about, you know, my really strong obsession with this dude. And then there's a lot of American Horror Story people that like I chill with on there. And we don't talk directly, but like I can just, then I just, I'll, I'll search the tag and just go, why did I do it? Why did I yeah. do it? Why? Now I'm just irritated. Yeah. Yep. Why? Did you say that Tumblr is like no longer on the app store? Because what? apparently it has so much porn that it's like an inappropriate app now. Yeah, that's true. You can get a lot of porn on Tumblr. <laughs> when I read that, I was just cackling. That's so, I don't know if they're going to fix that. I don't know if it's going to go back on the app store, but like, yeah, you can't get it now. That's funny. That's funny. I kind of I love hate Tumblr. Tumblr is it's that dirty ass grocery store on the corner and you just like it just draws a bad crowd. It's the dirty deli. But occasionally it's the dirty deli the you know they ain't got no like the rating is like thirty four. They be like yeah. grabbing the tomatoes <laughs> with the You their get lottery hands. tickets and bullets <laughs> and you know, like a marriage license or some shit. It's just like fucked up place. You can get a lot of things happen and you just hate on it and then one night you see a celebrity there and you're like, oh, but this is why I like coming here. Because everybody yeah. comes here. It's like this trashy fucking horrible place. Well, at first I just got it because I I just wanted to read like funny shit about fandom. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, I still get that but there's always that one bitch there's always that one (laughs) person on my feed this is also how i feel about twitter like i did not get a twitter to uh be a political activist yet here i am right um (laughs) but yeah i yeah i really needed to stop just doing that to myself and looking through the tags but then then again like i did that with bohemian rhapsody and everything was positive i just emptied my trash on my computer uh in the middle of you saying that and it went into the data that's pretty funny uh i was actually trying to make a joke (laughs) (laughs) but i forgot to warn you guys uh (laughs) it was me taking out the trash on tumblr so yeah bohemian rhapsody please go i'm about to like join your rant what is it and scene go no it it wasn't a rant i was just saying like when i searched that everything was like overwhelmingly positive so you you never know and that's what i thought was gonna happen with american horror story you should have been here two almost two years ago when motherfuckers were on tumblr and i was in the old rom rom fandom and just, you know, crabs in a bucket. Guy rises, everybody tries to pull him down. That's why I walked away and went, I know people do this with all kinds of fandoms, not just Rami Malik, not just, you know, it happens all the time because people are trifling and predictable and lazy. And I believe that, like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's just so, I know what you're going to do. 
uh, do something new, and maybe I'll stick around. But then there was all this, like, Brian Singer's attached. I'm like, fuck, why? They tried mm-hmm. to make it forever. How are they going to handle the sexuality? Sasha Baron Cohen goes on, like, um, Howard Stern and talks shit. And all of these fools did was just sit there and just bash and bash and bash and bash to the degree that I just walked away. And then when I knew the film was going to come out, like four months out, I reset up a Tumblr and kind of want, I'm like looking for accounts that might have like some info. Cause I'm doing other shit. I don't have time to like hunt stuff down and search tags. And I remembered an old account that was really cool. And they are, they are very gracious and diplomatic. And I was like, I am going to follow just this one person because I know they're going to have good content and they're not here for bullshit. And when they turn on their Anons, I feel like they're very diplomatic and cool. And I've gotten to know them somewhat, you know, you know, as much as you, you, as you do. Yeah. That's the only reason I'm there. But man, does my eye mess up. And when the old fandom is creeping in, like y'all, they just basically spoiled it and rented it. And so going after everything Rami did and blah, blah, blah. I was just like, okay, I'm, I'm done. And when I see them, them uh, rear their ugly heads, I just block the shit out of them. I don't even think about it anymore. I'm like, fuck off. I don't want to, I don't want to hear. Now you're coming back around after you talk trash for all that time. And now you want some love because there's all these new people like flooding it because it killed it. Fuck off. Right. Yeah. So. <laughs> How did we get here? Uh. <laughs> well, it happens with like American Horror Story a lot. People like just were shitting on this finale and it, it annoyed me. I was like, I'm like, this is dumb. Why am I doing it? I just picked up the hammer and just had myself on the temple. I'm like, that hurts. That's what I did with Tumblr. I went in and looked yeah. at the tag and went like, oh, fuck all you people. That's not okay. how I well, felt about it. Well, for anyone listening, I, I'm going to just tell you what's going on so you don't have to put yourself through that. But basically... Mm. Um, Ryan Murphy is apparently getting a bunch of shit for killing off Michael in the finale. Um, a lot of it has to do with this weird obsession Tumblr people have with Cody Fern. A lot of it has to do is with... Is there a weird obsession with Cody Fern? Catch me oh, up. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. No, I'll, we'll get to that. Okay. Um, there's this semi-understandable complaint that at this point in his life... I mean, Michael, even though he's like, he's grown into a man, he still has like the mind of a seven-year-old. Um, I can kind of understand that. But then again, it's the other thing like, oh, my sweet baby boy and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, he's the literal antichrist, but okay. I loved um, your post and I actually reblogged it. I don't <laughs> usually reblog a lot of stuff. So, yeah. I'm just like, a lot of people were, were just like, you know, he could have been saved. Like, he, Cordelia could have He was the him, fucking blah, blah, blah. Antichrist. What the fuck y'all I talking know. about? Like, I was, literally, like, he is destined to be the Antichrist. There is, and listen, we've tried. The show tried to save him, like, uh-huh. multiple times. Uh-huh. Like, Cordelia offered to take him under her wing and take him back. And, and it didn't work because he's literally destined to do this bullshit. Right. Like, so there was never ever a redemption arc in store for Michael. At least I don't think. No. Like, yeah. Y'all seriously. I mean, even if you don't believe in it, y'all need to learn on some Bible shit about the antichrist because they ain't no saving. No. Yeah. Okay. Even the, the show, the show, uh, I like that the show framed it as that Michael didn't know 
what to do right. about it. I like, love he that didn't part. Have every single answer to it. Yeah, I don't know how and, to antichrist. <laughs> how to yeah. antichrist? Antichristing for dummies. It was like, and was I mean, there were also even points where it almost felt like he didn't want to be. Which yes, was, it's a little bit depressing. I'm not going to lie, but you know, it's naming the game i guess uh well the thing of it is is that you know and again he is a he's a tragic figure not like the furniture we've seen in series where they just burn somebody down for no reason we talk about this in the fantastic beast uh, podcast where there's characters that are literally there to be you know um logs on the fire which i don't ever respect but this was a fully formed tragic uh figure yeah. Whose destiny is just written in blood. You know, because totally. he is he is not even totally human. He's mm-hmm. he's the stuff of evil in human form, which is if you know about the whole Jesus story, Jesus is the embodiment of God in human flesh. This is the embodiment of Satan in human flesh, the son of God, the son of Satan. Is Christ an antichrist? There's yes. no redeeming that. There's no, you're talking about something that's fully formed out of matter. That's why there can be another one that can rise. Yeah. It's, it's a device to bring about the end of, not just about the end of the world, but about the rise. It's about, as you were saying, about the rise of hell, you mm-hmm. know? So, yeah. But as far as this weird obsession that, that people have, um, the, I mean, like, just going through the tag, I had to scroll past through a lot of real-life fic. Um, And also, people have apparently been messaging Cody Fern's mother. I don't know what about about what. I can't find that information. But they are literally harassing his mom about something. (laughs) What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know this one well. Rami has a twin. So, yeah, and then he has a cousin. Uh, what is wrong with y'all? <laughs> what is wrong with y'all? There's a line, guys. Don't cross it. Do you know he's never going to go, oh, you know what? You harassed my mother, and now I'm in love with you. Oh, my God, you're coming after me Literally. personally and getting in my business. What's your phone number? I can't tell if it's people <laughs> people spamming her with, like, um, I want to marry your son, blah, 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 blah. Or like, oh, your son is definitely gay or blah, 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 blah. I don't know what kind of harassing is being done, but there's harassing being well, done. Well, first so. of all, I don't know how he identifies and it's none of my business. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> also, I, I guess he doesn't have a significant other in his life. God help him when he does, if he does, because that person usually gets trashed more than anyone. I don't, if that is, that's, I guess that's the closest person he's t- closest to. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Y'all need to stop. That's just, come on now. I mean, I've been a super fan when I was back in the day, you know, I totally loved Van Halen and I was obsessed with Eddie Van Halen. I know that's a thousand years ago. And you're like, who is that? He's a dude who played guitar really, really well in a band called Van Halen of him and his brother named Van Halen. 
And I would follow him around the South. And I was so upset when he um, started dating Valerie Bertinelli and then he married her. And I wanted that bitch to die. And I was doing my own magic in my own like backyard, like you know, just like voodoo dolls and stuff to want her to die. Not really, but sort of. And at the same time, I was also like, finally went to a concert because I just I would follow them around wherever I could. All my spare money was following Van Halen around. And I, I finally just ran across her. The funny thing of it is, we were the same age, looked almost exactly alike. And um, and Eddie actually walked past me one night at a concert, like on the way into like, no, it was the hotel. I was like stalking the hotel, just in the parking lot. And he looked at me like, is that my wife? Oh, no, that's someone who like my wife. But like we all kind of had the same haircut, apple cheeks, same weight, the whole thing. And she was so kind. She came over and kind of I was like, I wasn't squealing or crying or anything. But I was kind of giving her dead eyes like, bitch. But I think she read me well. And she walked over to me and she gave me this big, juicy, kind of warm, friendly hug. Which was written. Didn't hug anyone else, by the way. Just hugged me. And I was like, oh, okay. She's a person. I'm a person. That, that hug was real. I need to calm down. So maybe you guys need to find a hug. Get someone to hug you. Because that just made me go, you're acting crazy. You're giving eyes at this woman. What was going to happen? He was going to ditch his wife for me? No. Yeah. That was not going to happen. And I, and I was like, what, 17? And believed that? Maybe I might have been 16. I was out on my own, unsupervised all those years. So probably 16 or 17. Oh, man. Y'all leave his mama alone? The fuck? Okay, what's the other T? What else is going on? Is anybody else getting harassed? Is anybody is anybody harassing John John Briones? Is anybody else harassing, uh, you know, Jessica Lange? <laughs> oh, I hope not. Are y'all thirsty? That bitch will, she will end you. She, she will clap back. She doesn't she care. She will, sh- with her shoe. Is anybody, <laughs> like, stalking Joan Collins? You know what I'm saying? I hope not. Uh, When you come and visit, hopefully you'll come and visit. We'll go to Dantana's over in, um, is that technically Westwood? It's not Beverly Hills. It's not Westwood, Dantana's? I don't know. San Vicente area? That's where the uh, old... Brentwood. Yeah, Brentwood, that's it. We'll go over there and, 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 and... and uh, we'll also go to Musso and Frank's because that's where the uh, the old school Hollywood elite do chill sometimes. That's but you know, it's the funny thing is, is that I mean, talking about American Horror Story mm. because I got to do that behind that the scenes. That is the podcast we were doing. Yes, on on um, another Murphy thing. Um, I got to go on the set of the. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure which one it was, but was there a, like a deli and a butcher shop? Yeah, I'm sure there was. Yeah. Like Cantor's Deli. No, no, that that was like it wasn't Cantor's. It was on it was on the Fox lot, but it was oh. one of those sets of American Horror Story. Oh, American Horror Story. A, oh, a deli and a, a butcher. Yeah, it was. There was there was that scene where Michael like plunged five knives into that butcher. That was no, being, no, no. I'm sorry. It wasn't. It wasn't this se- season. It was a different. Oh, season. another season. Yeah, I think Kathy Bates was a butcher. Oh, that's interesting. Well, she played the yeah. She played like the She's butcher kid, in Roanoke. She, Maybe that was the one. Oh, yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, it's just you were on a couple of sets. Yeah. Around these ladies, just to see it before it got torn down. That's cool. Um, yeah, I, I, 
Sarah Paulson directed an episode of this, by the way. She directed the one where Constance came back. Didn't she direct the Murder House yeah, episode? Yeah, she did. She did. Uh, probably one of my favorite episodes, too, by the way. Yeah, so that was really cool. She did a hell of a job. Um, Evan Peters, I'm, I'm endlessly fascinated. I mean, I, I don't really, like, I've, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast overtly. I probably have. I'm not really into white guys. Um, but I have to say I'm endlessly fascinated with Evan Peters. Um, I like want to know uh, what he's about, and then I just don't want to know anything, like at all. <laughs> Same thing. I mean, like I know everybody's like thirsting for Cody Fern, but he he just reminds me of a girl that we used to beat the shit out of each other <laughs> after school in the sixth grade, and I can't. Cody get past Fern or it. Evan Peters? No, Cody Fern. He, he's, oh, okay. Like when he's like fully formed, Antichrist with his long hair, he looks just like this girl named Jessica. <laughs> we used to beat the shit out of each other after school. I think we kind of were into each other, didn't want to admit it. I don't know. A lot of twisted feelings there. So I have a conflict. She just reminds me of Jessica. Yeah. <laughs> she was a hell of a kickball player, though. She had very strong thighs and long, luscious hair that kind of flipped up at the end like that. Just strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, speaking of slipping back into old characters, like the way Evan Peters also like quickly found his footing again when he made his little cameo as Patrick March. Yes, that was awesome. I and loved also it. the the hotel music coming back as well. The way they like, did the music on this show. There, oh, freaking amazing! It was so subtle, but it was there, and I wouldn't have noticed it if i had just not rewatched hotel because mm-hmm. it is like a very subtle theme but it's definitely there um but yeah like the music in this season as a composer myself i respect it so much that matt quayle and again i don't know if this was a matt quayle decision or ryan murphy decision probably maybe both um to bring back the pre-existing music of other seasons right um, and also making it his own as well and like twisting it and adopting it into this new story. Like, it was, oh, it was just so good. Nothing but love for Mac because he's our robot guy. That's how we know Mac is Mr. Robot. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about some love for Leslie Grossman? She plays, uh, obviously Coco where I always forget that I see her. She was on at least, uh, three, four episodes of the good place. She played, uh, Donna Shellstrup. She plays, uh, um, the good place. Yeah. She's in the good place. She was on last year, I want to say. Yeah. She is Eleanor's sister. Oh, I'm going to have to go back and, and check that out. Yeah, we love that show. I love The Good Place. I'm not a big network watching show, but she's good on that. So Leslie Grossman loved her. And then I think she met Ryan on Nip Tuck. This might have been where they ran across each other. I, maybe I'm making that up, but I feel like they were like he met her on that series she's awesome as coco yeah the whole scene where she's like her whole her superpowers that she knows calories and with something <laughs> has gluten in it that uh, was so funny. just the, the just the whole taking the piss at like just that kind of thing I, I fucking loved it yeah i have to ask though okay so this is what i and then we'll we'll wrap this out. I know we're going on and on and on forever. But so, okay. So Adina Porter's character, Dinah Stevens, she was in the black arts. She's voodoo prince, uh, voodoo queen. We see her working her magic on some woman who pays her to like, you know, stop her man from cheating. 
tears out the heart of the mistress and makes a shake out of it. So she's just like, you know, times are hard for a voodoo high priestess. You know, people don't want to culturally appropriate, blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. What was her ultimate deal with Langdon? Um, what do you mean? Like, Did Dinah cross paths with Langdon? They have a deal? Do they work something out? Yeah. yeah. So, like, in exchange for um, Dinah undoing the protection spell that let Michael walk into Ribbershow Academy, he... <laughs> He uh, put in a good word with Satan, who greenlit her show for twelve episodes or something. That's, which is that's what it was. Remember, which she's is on the porch. Funny, she, yeah, which was funny because number one, out of all the things to to bargain over, a thirteen episode show right before the apocalypse, too. Like, I thought it was, was funny and just very shallow and very much a, a, a read on the business. Oh, totally, yeah. yeah. And then that scene when Madison is dropping off Coco and Mallory as like the Uber, uh, like the Uber driver, and she sees Dinah Stevens like poster on the on like a truck, and like the camera zooms in like really <laughs> commonly, and she's like, "That bitch." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of uh... God. It was good. It's such a good series, and I also love that Billy Lord is coming into her own. Not only, oh yeah, she was amazing. She is, you know, and that people are giving her space. And, you know, we not only was her mother, like, a legend, and her grandmother was a legend, I just, every time I see Billy do good, you know, I can't help but be of a mind of, like, Carrie would be, like, yeah. just shouting from the rooftops about her success. Well, I mean, Billy Lord has, like, gone on record and said that if, I like, basically working on the series, like, saved her life because... You know, shooting for Colt happened like a couple months after um, Carrie Fisher's death, and if That's it weren't right. for that, she, you know, she wouldn't know what it would be like. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to see her in future seasons as well. Hopefully, she'll come back. Yeah, I want to see her blossom. And there's just there's so this cast. I mean, it just grows. I mean, I want to see India more. I want to see uh, the cast from Pose blended in. I just I like yeah. it. You know. Um, uh, Flint Rock, I want to see him come back. I mean, there's just, there's so many people. Uh, Darren Chris, you know. That's oh my I, God, I love, Dar- I love Darren Chris. I hope he comes on the show one oh day. Oh my God, just, you know, just, I love what Ryan Murphy's doing. Now he's doing something, you know, Lucy Boynton, who was in Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, who played Mary Austin. She's in uh, The Politician. So what what new cast is he exploring? Who are, who's going to be you know coming out of that? What's that show about? I'm excited about that. It's like his his universe is expanding. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know what if Rami Malek comes on American Horror Story? Oh my god, I will piss myself. <laughs> <laughs> I will lose it. I would love to see him show up and play. Like he could be one of the warlocks. He could be the Egyptian warlock. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. You could be the Egyptian warlock and just come on in. Because he speaks um, fluent Arabic. Well, flu- yeah. well, he's not... F- well, if you're an Arabic speaker, they kind of call him out on that. And like, no. He can speak it enough. And knowing him, he would just go, like, learn Arabic, like an ancient speaker. He could, be a, he could be a British warlock. He could be a British warlock. He can do whatever he wants to. He can show up and just sit there and read the phone book. I'll be like, word, I'm watching this episode. Let's start with the A's. Rami Malik, Billy Porter in the same. Hello, yeah. Oh my God. I would love to see that all day long. I would love to see uh, Rami Malik on Pose. You know, any 
I know that he's friendly with uh, Ryan Murphy. Like, I know that they know each other. All these people know each other. Yeah. And Ryan's probably been trying to get him for something. And now that he's, you know, not doing Bohemian and they're going to wrap up uh, Mr. Mr. Robot, Robot. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's going to be a lot of exciting things for Rami to do. Ooh, that's really going to be exciting. Good. Yeah. Okay, guys. That was a fun podcast. Yeah. yeah. I had a good time with you guys. I, I feel like we... We all enjoyed this together. I feel like uh, I text, I live text Andre a lot of times when I'm watching the episodes. <laughs> Thank you for letting me do that, my dear. Uh, it's just one of those shows that I like. I just love sharing it with people. It's just, it's one of those shows. Like Mr. Robot, I feel the same way about. I just, I love it so much. Game of Thrones, also, I still feel like mad, mad love for those shows. Yeah, 2019, watch out. Fuck y'all. Oh, shit's about to get Two real. great shows come to an end. Ooh, be a lot man. of tears. Gonna be a lot of tears, y'all. Yeah. So we still gotta get, we gotta get uh, Andre hooked up on that crack. So. <laughs> one day, one day. One day. When you got time. <sighs> you need to get yeah. on that shit. You need to get on it. I get, will. Get on I that, promise. Get on that Mr. Robot. <laughs> get on that Mr. Robot now. You will not be able to stop once you get going. Or at yeah. least, you know, if you can't do Robot, do Game of Thrones. I don't know. I feel like they're two two different commitments. I feel like he would totally be into Game of, uh, to, uh, to Mr. Robot. Game totally. of Thrones sounds like something that I need like an entire summer to get through. Yeah, you do. You need some time. And I also need to buy the box set because like I think one of my roommates like owns like season one. The problem is, if I watch season one and I'm completely addicted to it, I have no way of watching season two, and then I'll be spending a bunch of money on like the box set DVDs. So I can hook yeah. you up. <laughs> you got hookups, we brother. Got, we can hook you up. We can hook you up. Same I thing. My, I don't know if my GPA can handle me getting into. This. No, yeah, <laughs> you got you got to focus on that. No, that's that's the priority. Yeah. But like low level, I mean, I would do robot before I would do Game of Thrones just yeah. because it's shorter. It's only I, gonna be four seasons. I'll yeah. probably yeah, that's probably what I'll do. And I, I either want to get started either I don't. This week is while it's meant to be a break, I still have things to do. But yeah. hopefully, like winter break, I'll have like three weeks of nothing. Um, maybe that'll be a good time to start Mr. Robot. So oh, I'm we'll telling see. you, you'll love it. You'll love it. Oh, and yeah, again, we're going to be doing season four, probably episode by episode. So episode by episode, mm-hmm. all 12 episodes. So we're going to do robot episode by episode. We're probably do do Game like of Thrones 20, episode by we'll episode. We'll probably do like 24 minute episodes. I don't think we're going to like last year. I was, it was just, it was insane. <laughs> I was Pepe Sylvia in this. It was <laughs> It was embarrassing. When does season four come on? Well, they're going to be shooting January, February. That was confirmed. May, is it January? Yeah, no, that's Winter what Sam time? said. It's going to be January. They're going to shoot January, February after the break. Everybody's got a haul. I think he's finishing it up now. They're going to shoot January, February, probably a spring, summer season four Blair. Okay, so I have time. Do you have time? Yeah. Plenty of time. You can also watch the Pacific in the meantime. Um, all right. So we're cool. That was good. I had a good time. Yeah. You guys uh, go follow Andre Magal Hayes on uh, YouTube. If you want to hear more of his music, you heard it at, at the top of the show. It's uh, first name. Uh, first name is A N D R E. Last name is M A G A L H A E S. Yeah, That's you got it. Andre Magal Hayes uh, on YouTube. You can find him also on Twitter. What's your Twitter handle? 
Um, tw- okay. So personal is at hey it's underscore Andre, and business is well follow me there because i don't really do my business twitter too much but i'm on instagram just search my name andre bagel hayes music or you, can just, YouTube. You, can, you can also shouts to us if you want to reach out to andre on our instagram yeah. our twitter uh, yeah. any of those things you can find us there we're actually podcast everywhere not to be confused with ashland baptist church even though i know confusingly we talked about popsicle jesus um <laughs> the antichrist nicholas cage and, and left a bunch behind. Of, and left behind. Uh, we are not those people. Nothing against those people. They are. They do what they do. We do what our do, and we are. We don't even know each other, so we're not enemies with those people. Don't try to create any drama around that. It's fine. But y'all, please stop fucking with uh, Cody Fern's mom. That's just. Uh, that's just stupid, y'all, and uh, offensive. All right. Any advice? Any recommendations before we chill out of here? Uh, have a good Thanksgiving. Yes. Oh yeah, we're right at that time. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? Uh, eating cool. and napping. Cool. And I think the day after that is going to be a movie theater day. Um, I think I'm going to be seeing Fantastic Beasts again. Really? And yeah, I think I think it, it's going to warrant a second view, viewing for me. And I think I'm also going to be taking my little brother to see the the new Grinch movie. Yeah, that looks really good. The billboards around L.A. have been like the funniest things I've ever seen because they've <laughs> been taking uh, piss shots at like actors. So you want to be an actor. So you moved here to be an actor. You know, that's really <laughs> going to work out for you. The Grinch just trolling like people who work in the industry around town has yeah. been making us just <laughs> laugh our asses off. Funny, funny <laughs> stuff. Um, I would say... What are we watching that I was watching recently? Well, the Great British Baking Show. Because yeah. we're behind in yeah. America, but that's that's out. We've been watching that. I'm going to try to catch up with Gotham. I have been falling way behind. We're watching a show called Patriot. Um, we we might have plugged this on Fantastic Beasts, but it's this surrealistic, weird-ass show that's very addicting, and it's on Prime. And it's just this odd kind of guy who's a knock. He's a non. Oh, what does NOC stand for? Yeah, I don't know. Non-commissioned spy who has PTSD, like severe, because he's exposed to white torture. White torture is white room, white food, no noise, no human interaction, no sound except for your own heart, your own breath. And it's supposed to be like some of the worst torture anyone's ever experienced. It's real. We use it on our enemies. It's been used on people for a while now. And the character is severely suffering from the fallout of this white torture. And Mm -hmm. he also writes and sings folk songs about his operations. So he'll just be in Belgium uh, having a breakdown or, or Amsterdam and he'll just sing about uh how, like at an open mic and an open mic about how things have gone wrong and he's rhyming like all of these um it is his complete mission like you see the mission at the yeah. end you see him singing about how this mission went wrong and, yeah, and so it's a it's great exposition. So, so musically it's an exposition in nor especially exp- that's how they're giving you the exposition of the storyline <laughs> is through the song of these really fucked up folk tunes and the guy's got a great voice yeah it's hard to explain. It's it's very hard to explain. But it's like it's like my new Mr. Robot. It's 
and also I have a friend who was a government spook and a lot of the stuff that the guys describing, like how they just let these guys down, they leave them hanging. People are humans. They park on the wrong street. You shoot the wrong guy. All this stuff he told me years ago, I was like, this stuff feels like it's very specific and real. So that's a thing. I was like, the fuck? So, yeah, it's on Prime. There's a series about, like, shit that goes down. Yeah. It's in season two now, so. We got to do Patriot when it's done. We got to catch up. Yeah. All right. We are not going to play Fallout when we leave this podcast. (laughs) I feel like I need to take a break now. I did write some today, so. Guys, take care of yourself. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Um, Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye. Peace.